Oh, hey, everyone. It's Nicole again with Let's Be Real, and I'm super excited about today's episode. I hope you guys are doing well. I feel like things are just moving at a very rapid pace. I don't know if you're experiencing that. I think I hit like a new level of, I don't know, I downshifted a little bit in COVID. That was good. It was a good thing. But now that it's gearing back up, I'm like, how are we doing all of this how is it possible to do all these things? And I realize it's possible if you have discipline. And that is something <laughs> that I struggle with. So um, I like a shortcut. You know, I like a new plan. I like change. And so I don't really like things like chores, schedules, rhythms. I really have to work hard on it. I know I talk about it with you guys all the time. You would think that I'm good at it, but the reason I'm talking about it all the time is because I'm bad at it. I really am. So I'm committed to just a couple of things. I wrote about this on Instagram a week or so ago, and I was like, just confess to y'all that I'm just trying to make dinner. That's the move right now. Um, I feel like dinner is the way to my teenagers' hearts, and it requires real work. I mean, a lot of times I'll be I'll be with somebody, you know, somebody who's grown enough to be making meals for themselves and possibly other people. And I'm like, hey, can we just talk about the commitment that is dinner? Like what it takes to actually make dinner. Like if you're going to make a relatively healthy meal that's relatively, you know, not processed and made by you, if it's not going to be Kraft mac and cheese out of the box, ain't nothing wrong with Kraft mac and cheese out of the box. We used to throw a can of tuna in there too. Tuna mac, serve it up, full complete meal in my opinion, maybe some applesauce, maybe a baby carrot, but it's it's basically a meal. But I'm talking about anything beyond Kraft mac and cheese with a can of tuna in it. It's going to take time. First of all, it takes a lot of time. Second of all, it takes planning. Third of all, you have to go to the grocery store. There's a lot to it. You got to plan it out. I'm like trying to buy some fresh fish this week. I'm like, okay, I can't wait on the fish. You got to make the fish day of or next day. You got to plan. I mean, I could I could have just like a board in my Trello just for d- dinner meals. Like it just it's overwhelming to me. I know this is some people's sweet spot. It's not my sweet spot. When I finally get to the actual cooking. So, when I get through the planning, the grocery store, which by the way Dave does most of the time, but I I like to pick out my stuff. What can I say? I'm a little controlling like that. I like to pick out the red pepper I want. I'm, I I want to look at the red pepper. I want to look at the cucumber. I want to say, I don't want a cucumber squishy on the ends. I need a cu- I don't want the cucumber from Mexico if there's a cucumber from down the street that's at my grocery store. You know what I mean? But you can't tell the Instacart people all that stuff. You can't really even tell your husband all that stuff. And I know it. Like, I'm this is a boundary. I'm like, if he goes to the grocery store, I say thank you. Thank you very much. And I don't complain about it because I'm glad that he went to the grocery store. But between you and me, I like to pick out my cucumber. I just want to make sure it's a good one, you know? So I kind of want to go to the grocery store. So after all that stuff that I don't really like, when I'm actually, when it's actually five o'clock or 5.30, I got NPR on, maybe a little classical music, maybe some worship, and I'm making the food that I was planning to make. Like I have the ingredients, I'm able to make the food. That's the part I actually really like. I really like it. I think it's really good to, especially if you're a person who works in the thought area, meaning you just like spend a lot of time in meetings and thinking and in front of your computer, 
to really use your hands and to say, okay, I'm going to chop up some stuff and I'm going to make some stuff and I'm going to smell it and taste it and do it. It's very healing. It's it's very um, connected to like your actual world, your life, your body. And then it's love because you're giving love to your family or whoever's eating your food. So yeah, that's how I feel about dinner. I just want to make it clear to everyone that it's a real commitment. <laughs> and my commitment level is four times a week. Like that's what I'm going for four dinners a week. That's it. There's seven nights. I'm going four. If I can get to four, I feel really happy and really proud of myself. So that's where I'm at. That is the level that I am functioning in right now. I am trying to do one thing, trying to do one thing pretty well. I mean, pretty well strong. I mean, I'm trying to get a B minus in one thing and I'm calling that a win. I'm calling that success. So that's where I'm at right now. So you guys, you're going to love today's show. My friend Joy is joining me. Joy is not just my friend. She's my speaking agent. She's a literary agent. She's a wealth of knowledge about the industry, but she's also just a person with a great story. So I don't care if you're interested in speaking. I mean, if you're interested in speaking or writing, you 100% need to turn it up and probably listen to it twice. However, if you're not interested in speaking or writing, but you just love story and you love perseverance and understanding how people find joy in the world, you're going, I didn't mean to make that like (laughs) a pun. Is it a pun if I just used Joy's name to also mean joy? But she truly is. She embodies joy as her name says. And I love her story. And I love hearing about doors that have closed and doors that have opened in her life, because I think we always have a lot to learn in that area. So we're going to get right to it. But before we do, just one more thing. Hey, If you haven't been to church in a while, I'm going to be in some churches before the end of the year. So if you're in Detroit, if you're in Charlotte, if you're in Memphis, you need to, if you're in Richmond and you haven't been to church in a while, guys, this is my personal invite. You can come meet me there. It's free. It's church. You can just come. So these are the things that I'm doing before the end of the year. You can see my whole speaking calendar at NicoleUnis.com slash speaking or come over to Instagram, Facebook. There's a post somewhere that tells you where I'm going to be. And I'd love to meet you. I want to actually meet you face to face. We can take a picture. We can say like, hey, we connected. We're podcast friends. Would love that. So please, please, please don't hesitate. Come up to me talk to me. I am looking for you at these events. I want to meet you. I know you're out there and I'm always very excited to actually connect face to face. So hope to see you at one of those events coming up. And here you go, guys. You're going to love this interview with Joy Reed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Yunus. And I believe we need all the help we can get when it comes to living a full and free life. Here you'll find honest truth, practical tips, and perspective changes that help you embrace the miracle that is your life. It's an in-process conversation that's going to be unfiltered, and it better be fun. Let's get real together. Welcome back to Let's Be Real, guys. One of my favorite things in the world is when I get to introduce you to my friends. So this is my great friend, Joy Egerich Reed. Did I say that correctly? All three parts? You always go by all three names in all places. I do because Reed, I, you know, I love my husband, but it's a very, you know, common last name. I love my last name pre-marriage was so a part of my identity, Mm. but I will say it's a name that people definitely butcher. I mean, there's a silent S on the end. Who does that? (laughs) That's true. And I said it right. Isn't that weird? Like I dropped the S. Somehow people, a lot of people, the most common mistake is people see this, the S and assume then that's, that somehow translates to the G's. 
turning into like a hard K sound. <laughs> yeah. Which like Eckerich's Eckerich, which I don't know if they're where you are, but where I grew up in the Midwest, there were Eckerich hot dogs. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That's because yeah, like I'm an easy. army brat. That's why I know the, all the different. No, Isn't it funny you know how brands change? I do know all the hot dogs. I know all the hot dogs, all the lunch. <laughs> Isn't it funny how brands change too? Like Briars was dryers in different parts. People might not know this. Guys, this is something it's, that you need to know. Brand names well, change. But see, I didn't know that. So I grew up in Michigan. I thought all like everybody in the world had Eggrich hot dogs spelled differently. And then I got on the prices right. And is this for real? Are you for real? For real. I have really like how you did that. Guys, did you see that segue? What you need to know, because I haven't introduced you yet, is Joy is the founder of a speaking agency and a literary agency called Punchline. She's a speaker herself. Did you see how she did that? Did. Any of yeah. you guys who are like trying <laughs> to move toward being great communicators, what do we call that? That was like the drop. You just did the drop. You were like speaking of. You know, yeah. Uh, okay, segue, so tell us. madness. Um, but I did, yeah, I mean, who cares about punchline? We, let's talk about me meeting Bob Marker. Let's seriously talk about Price is Right for a second. But truly, I just, I want you to know, like, one of the most amazing, because it's captured on camera and there's, you know, since we're older, there's not a lot of video footage of us from back in the day. Oh, yeah. And um, he, I get up on stage and he goes, oh, Egg, he's like, Eggrich, that's not a name I've heard before. And I go... I'm like on national television. I'm like, Eggrich, it's like the hot dogs, but it's spelled differently. <laughs> and little did I know that Eggrich hot dogs were nowhere but the Midwest. And you just see Bob Barker's face and the audience just be like, um, he's like, all right, moving on the first game. <laughs> You're like, and that's how I learned how to not land a joke on yeah. national TV as <laughs> yeah. I was trying to. Oh my gosh. I would have felt, I, f- I actually feel like a little bit sweaty Nervous right now me. listening. Yeah. yeah. Like my, I feel like sweaty in my armpits a little yeah. bit. Like just yeah. like f- thinking about that feeling. Was Bob shorter or taller or bigger or smaller than you thought? Um, pretty true to size, I would say. Um, but he was definitely caked in. Like that was my first time seeing people on television, the amount of makeup that they had to wear. And this is before HD, um, lots of makeup. And he was kind of like, he was kind of like a perv, like during commercial breaks, he'd make like dirty jokes. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm laughing because I like... You could have just said he was kind of like a, and then made a blank. And I probably would have said, was he a perv? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like what he, I don't remember what he said, but it was enough that like it wouldn't have flown today. And then, but yet, even though he had done that, because I was the last contestant called, I still kissed him on the cheek. You just get overcome. You're like, oh, this is why he can get away with being a perv. You're just, you're like, I got to kiss him. (laughs) We just have like 50 listeners who are like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. I love Bob Barker. You just ruined it for me. It's okay. Uh, you know what though? Like, like a little pervy, bit, a little bit like, in like a pervy and like an old grandpa kind of way. There. Yeah. Just like but, what you said, like a little bit of that, like that wouldn't fly anymore. Like that probably wasn't a good yeah, thing like, to say, you know, hurt, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right, don't unsubscribe guys. Guys stay with us. We have, we actually have things to say, but this is, this is important. <laughs> we needed to talk about the prices, right? It helps us really place you. So fast forward <laughs> us from the prices, right? To yeah. where you are today. Where are you coming to? Where are you coming from today? Yes. Well, that was when I realized I needed to become a much better communicator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, so that was when I was in college. I went to school in Santa Barbara, California, Mm. Westmont College, a little private school there, right down the road from where uh, Megan and Harry live. All these fun facts. I know. Um, Gosh. Sorry, I didn't expect to do this. I just get so excited to talk to you. <laughs> um, and I was a communication studies major. 
Um, and that was the first time in school that I'd ever felt good at something. Mm. I think I'd always felt like, oh, everybody else gets school. They understand how to take tests. And I still wasn't like acing my tests, but uh-huh. it's overall, it was like, wow, this is my thing. Mm. Um, which ironically, my dad said the same thing when he got to college, his first communication class, he was like, this is, I feel home. Oh, and wow. That's exactly cool. how I felt. Yeah. So my dad was a pastor um, my whole life growing up. And then he ended up um, when I was in college writing a book. And, um, and also like he was, so I, I saw public speaking my whole life Mm -hmm. being in that environment, um, and just didn't realize how much I was absorbing. Um, and then fast forward, I meet my husband, um, and he, uh, got a job in Paris. So we live in Paris, France currently. I mean, the fun facts keep on coming. Like people are like, how do I get to be friends with Joy? Well, you guys are friends with her now because she's yeah. here with us. But yes. I eat croissants every There's day. a lot of... You fast forwarded a lot. There was a well, lot between that. But we don't have time for all pod, of it. But. I did a podcast last week and they asked me to give the, the background and I feel like... I talked for 20 minutes straight and you said this is about a 20 minute podcast. And I'm like, I just got to jump to marriage. Okay. So that was, you know, eight, 18 or 19 was prices right now. We're at 32, 33 when I got married, but all that to say from my dad being a pastor, then he wrote a book and my dad is just amazing and just like believes in me. There's just such power in having, you know, an older person that's kind of paved a path, believe in you and say, especially you your dad, which is like yeah. a whole nother podcast, but yes. And like, fun <laughs> fact, I just have to insert this guys. You guys know, cause you've been on the podcast with me, you know, that I started my, like my like third career was in as a therapist and had my own practice. And Joy's dad's book was like the number one like book that I was passing out to couples. It's called Love and Respect if you haven't read it. And it did really, really well. So Joy got to... I just wanted to insert that because you probably yes. didn't need to say that about your dad. But like, he's a great guy, obviously. He's a real yes. deal. Like, he is he, a real deal. The real stuff behind like the stuff that's read there and super helpful framework for people. Thank you. Um, I don't think I knew that it was the book that you got. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there was like a few books that I would have lots of lots of copies and be like my go-tos. And yeah. a lot of times it was just, again, like I love what you're saying about communication. And for anyone listening who's thinking about writing a book, I promise we're getting to that or likes like wants to speak. It is really cool to be around people and recognize, man, there's nothing new under the sun. But if you can find a way that you create like helpful frameworks and language yeah. for people, it's it truly is like so empowering. It really sets people free. And I feel like that's what your dad was able to do, you know, through yes. that work. 100%. And that's the thing that he talks about. You know, a lot of times when I meet with people and you mentioned I have Punchline Agency, which mm-hmm. is a speaking and writing agency. We say we're good for people on the page and the stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so perfect. Um, I love it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I was I was drawn to public speaking first. That's mm-hmm. the thing that I feel most at home in and I'm drawn to. I, would, I at one point was going to three different churches, not because I'm holy, but because I wanted to study the different ways that mm-hmm. the pastors communicated. Um, but my dad would say that. He'd say, I'm first a communicator on stage. Um, or from the pulpit. Uh, And then what I needed to do was get this material that I believed was transformative into book form. And those are two different communication mediums, as you very well know. Um, And so to to do that, he really, um, you know, he had people around him that helped him edit and things like that. But he intentionally chose because of the way that he communicated. He was like, I want to write this at an eighth grade level. Mm -hmm. I want to write this to a particular goodwill people who are just, uh, he calls it the crazy cycle, 
on this crazy cycle of marriage and can't, you know, get off of it. Mm -hmm. And so he intentionally wrote it, you know, he's got his PhD, but he wrote it in a way that he's like, I want this to be accessible to everyone. And I think that in and of itself is a real, a real art form and a real gift. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of times when I talk with people, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because probably the number one kind of thing that people reach out to me about is I want to be a, like, I want to be a communicator. I want to write a book. Can you like set me on a direction, which now my only direction that I set them to is your book, but, and to you, but a lot of that is I'm trying to ask, say to them, first, you have to know what you are trying to say. Like, it is not like, first you have to know who you are and what your content is. And a lot of times we're, we're gifted in a certain way but it's not going to come to fruition necessarily at that time in the the way that we've seen it done. Like, I'm just going to get a platform and I'm going to get popular and yeah. I'm going to get a contract. And I'm like, well, like you just said, your dad has a PhD. He was literally had a full career as mm-hmm. a pastor. And that is from where that content, you know, came from. And yeah. Joy, you also, like you're telling us about your time in college, but then you there was a lot of space in there and then you founded this agency. And I'm curious when you look back on your own story, why, why, why this, why now, what, what drove you to like, I think I'm going to, you know, actually create a business and do this thing. Yeah. Well, so the in-between was that I, you know, my parents, my dad had this book come out, Love and Respect, and they had gone from speaking to, you know, 20, 30 people Mm -hmm. to, you know, thousands of people. And, um, so they needed someone to kind of organize their events. And so I was like, I'll tell my parents what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, I like doing that. I like putting on events. I like, um, you know, I created kind of this handbook of like everything a host needed to do from a year out or six months out to, you know, two minute by minute of the event. And then two weeks after the event and all of that. And so I was around this communication. I was around these conferences. I learned how to tell people what to do. Mm. And that was just one stepping stone in my path to what I'm doing now. Then I heard so many people at the conferences say, oh man, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Only I knew then what I know now. And after a, I almost got married to someone, went through this big heartbreak and had this kind of like come to Jesus moment, like, what am I going to do? I, Mm. my dad encouraged me. He's like, I think in your brokenness, you need to see where you can serve. And I, out of that, I was like, well, I hear all these people at your conferences saying, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago. Why don't I try to help my generation get this so they don't have to say that? So then that launched into me, you know, blogging and speaking and, and, and not speaking at first. So you said you have people saying, I want to do this thing. Um, at that point, nobody knew who I was. I mean, still a lot of people don't know who I am, but I'm just this person on the phone with my dad telling him all these theories I have about my generation. And Mm. he said, you don't really know what you're trying to say unless you can write it or you can speak it. Mm. And he, you know, he was like, and nobody's asking you to come speak. So start writing. And I, and you ask any of my teachers, high school, college, like they would not have said that I was a prolific writer by any means. Mm -hmm. I even had one professor in college say, this isn't high school anymore on a paper about my writing, like figure it out. Okay. And, um, I'm like, okay. So that (laughs) really hurt my confidence. Like I'm just not a good writer. And, um, so then, um, I felt like, 
okay, well, I'm going to do this practice of writing because I really feel like I want to help my generation. And the, mm-hmm. the practice of writing, especially when you don't feel like a writer, really forces you to fine tune what it is you are trying to say. Mm-hmm. And then people started kind of joining in because I, I did it in a format where people would ask me questions and I'd be like, well, if I don't know the answer, I'll go find the answer. I'll talk to my dad or I'll read a book or whatever. And so that was the format that helped me learn because mm-hmm. I learned through asking questions. And um, and then out of that, I was speaking more. I was writing all the time. I had done, I did over like, 500 blogs and video blogs. And um, so then I had publishers started contacting me about writing a book. And um, and I talk about this in my book, Get to the Publishing Punchline, yeah. about how my dad was like, again, so great to have someone believing you. He was like, I think you have the personality of an agent. You could probably be your own agent for your book. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I will take that as a compliment. And so I just, you know, I negotiated my own book deal mm-hmm. and did everything from, you know, haggling over the type of cover I wanted and all that. And I found out that I really liked contracts. I really liked the process. And I forced my, I wrote an entire book. Then I talk about it a little bit more in my book. A lot of stuff happened and I ended up choosing to send the advance back and not publishing the book. So I have an entire book on this computer (laughs) that was never published. You can even find it, I think on Amazon or something, but it, it never came out. Um, And I felt like for that time, that's what I needed to do. And now in hindsight, I've become a speaking and literary agent to help other people. I felt like I kind of wanted, I wanted to get out of the, being the person speaking and writing and get behind people who speak and write. Um, And I am really passionate about the type of communicators that are coming forth today Mm -hmm. and um, just the responsibility that there is to put words on a page. I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. If you're going to put words on a page or you're going to get on a stage you're accountable for what you say. Mm -hmm. And I take that very seriously. And so I want to partner with people who I really, really believe in. And so now as a a literary agent, I can't take on everybody that I get excited about. Mm -hmm. And I get excited about people. Um, So I was like, well, maybe I could write a book to help people with the process of getting the book idea that's in their head onto the page. And it's not even just a book, even though this book is, it says get to the publishing punchline, the process and the prompts that I take people through really can be for speaking as well. It's like, Mm -hmm. what is that idea that you think makes sense in your head? Just like when I was on the phone with my dad and he's like, great, I love all your theories, but if you can't succinctly tell me it on an elevator, you know, the elevator pitch mentality, like, if you can't really say it out loud and someone gets it, um, or you're talking to someone all night at a party, they might be nodding their head, but you've just been, you know, like maybe you aren't actually as clear as you thought you were. Mm -hmm. And so I find that again, through questions, through prompts, that's how I learned. So that's what I put into this book to help people get that idea onto the page and to kind of demystify the whole publishing process. Cause that's just a whole that's a whole thing in and of itself that a lot of people oh, yeah. confused about. <laughs> well, I love, I mean, I just love like listening to that, like kind of that rhythm of what happened in your own personal story. And I don't want any of our listeners to miss. If you didn't hear that, Joy wrote 500 blog posts, video posts, spoke, got ready to publish a book, got a publisher, wrote a book, and then canceled the book. Like that <laughs> is part of the story. And I think we live, I mean, you guys, I know I'm I'm sorry to toot this horn again. I need like a sound effect that's like beep, beep, but <laughs> beep, beep. Like there's no such thing as instant gratification. It just doesn't work that way. And you have to know what you're like bringing to the world. Like what what problems are you solving? What, what answers are you giving? Like, and we all have that within us. It's not about not having it. It's about honing it and understanding 
your unique contribution to the world. And Joy, I love like that part that you said about how those pieces in your story go together to lead to exactly to this book in this moment. Yeah. And to know your why, like Mm -hmm. to know your why, you know, because some people are like, I want to write a book. And then, you know, you get to the whole part of like, okay, well, in today's, you know, forecast for publishing, you kind of have to like, you have to self-promote a little bit. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's really gross. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, there there are ways, there are non-icky ways to do it. And I talk mm-hmm. about that in my book. But if if you don't want to do any of that, if you don't want to tell somebody that you've written a book, then you might just journal. Because journal, mm-hmm. it, like the practice of writing is really good, but you can't expect that somebody's going to come and knock on your door and say, hey, did, did you write? Did you write a book? And isn't your basement? I've been looking for a book and I just like looking for some authors. Yeah, no. But also I think too, like depending on, you know, I'm a person of faith and I, you know, was getting into this place where I really liked how it felt when people clapped when I was on stage. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, talked a lot about my faith and my love of Jesus. And I got to a place where I was like, I'm nervous that I might get to a place where I don't know if I really love Jesus for Jesus mm. or if I'm being paid for it. Yeah. And I, I just felt like I needed to step back from that for yeah. a, a while. And so I think that's the season I'm in right now is I'm like, how can I get behind people who I just, I'm excited about, but also I want to help make sure that they kind of stay true to their authentic self. Because mm. when you do, you know, so the why, like if, if you do want to write a book, and you do want a lot of people to read it, with that is going to come some level of notoriety. That's right. And I just need you to be prepared for what comes with that because it can unleash something really great. Mm-hmm. And it can also unleash some things that are an ugly, dark side of you that you are going to later not be happy about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where I think that, I think that season when we, you know, I... I don't know how often I've shared it, but like, I mean, my first book, I wrote my own Bible study and, and then my first book proposal, people were interested, but nobody wanted it. It went to the end of pub committee over and over again. And it was like a lot of rejection. And I think a lot of that is really important because it does hone your why and it it mm-hmm. purifies out the part of you that's like, I just want some people to clap for me. I don't know. I like, you know, I just yeah. want my name on something, you know, all that stuff that's ego and it's real and everyone listening guys it's real it's real for everyone it's not it's not real for some people and not for others yeah and so the process can really help refine that out of you and so many people that i talk to because i think this instant gratification culture sort of creates this vibe like joy reed just stood up one day and had a publishing agency and is connected to all these speakers and has these literate no we just we just shared like basically a 25 year journey that you're yeah. on right or 20 yeah. years sorry i didn't mean to age you and then <laughs> you know but so we need to hear this stuff because if it's your passion it will be worth it and if it's your passion, it will be refined and you will know your why and you can keep going. And I, I just would love for you to speak maybe to that person right now, other than read your book, which I do think like if they read your book and follow the prompts, yeah. it's going to help move you along. But what's your like, what's that first step that you feel like if someone's like, hey, I want to write here, I'll just use an example from someone I just spoke with. I'm young, you know, I really feel like God's placed this message on my heart. I want to reach people. I want to write a book. That's kind of the normal. That's what I hear. What's sort of your next step with someone like that? What is your, what's your angle on that? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, find different mediums to communicate this message, uh, that you feel like is in your soul. So, 
you know, go through the writing practice um, and do smaller things to help mm-hmm. refine the thesis of what it is that you're trying to say. But also, you know, I tell people to do the different communication modes because if someone's like, oh, I'm just a writer, um, you learn so much by seeing what lands when yeah. you communicate it to people. And no, maybe it's not on a, maybe you're not getting invited to speak on a stage, but get a group of your friends around you and try to communicate that because truly, if there are so many people that I talk to that have this idea that I can tell is just, it's like in their head, but they, they think when they're talking that like, uh-huh. it makes sense, but it doesn't. <laughs> and- <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying that. So like, this is called, let's be real. And like, I feel that way too. And I know for me, even after writing six books, communicating a lot, I'll be talking to people and I can tell like, they are not following, like they are not, yeah. I think I'm being super clear and they're, it's not, it's not clear. Yeah. And because it you're doesn't socially... mean you don't have a good idea. <laughs> oh no. It's, it's, it's see that not as rejection, but see that as a really helpful, like editor's note mm-hmm. to go, this isn't landing. Why? And then take it back and process it with somebody else. Does this make sense? Keep Mm -hmm. asking people if this makes sense. Look, to come back to my father, who's so great, let's use this example. He, when he was 25 years old, he felt like he, because he had done communication studies, he was Mm -hmm. very interested in gender communication, um, understanding male-female differences. He started you know, learning all about that. He even started teaching at a church that he was just an assistant pastor at or something like that. And it would be, it got people like standing room only. Mm. So there, he got feedback that what he was teaching when he was 25 years old was good and was landing. And then he felt convicted as a person of faith of like, this is all, a lot of this is psychological based Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I know God's word enough. And I want, if I'm really going to make deep impact, it has to be, you know, partnered with what God says. And he felt he felt the Lord tell him, you need to wait until after you're 50 to oh. do something. And I want you to be faithful in between. And he felt like he saw a lot of people in, mm. in ministry that were young. This is even before social media that were out on the road and were just, you know, away from their families. And he's like, I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to be a pastor at a local church. I'm, he, we were in an, uh, a university town. So he got his um, PhD simultaneously, but he mm. was around, he was home every day for five at five o'clock. And which is also when we had dinner, which is mind blowing to me. That we ate <laughs> I know, especially now that you're a mom, I'm also like, who can put dinner on the table every night? And it it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. I can't keep up, guys. Send recipes. Send the recipes. <laughs> um, but so can you imagine that to like feel like you have a message, but the Lord say, I want you to work on it and refine it for 25 years. And a message that is already validated by people. I don't want people yes. to miss that part that yeah. like your dad started sharing some of these things. And it was, I mean, that is a drug. I mean, for some yeah. of us who are, uh, who are achievement oriented and like yeah. love applause to yeah. get that. And like in today's day and age, publishers would already be calling him. They'd be like, yes. we need you. We need you. you know, so for yeah. him to resist, right. You said yeah. like be faithful so yeah, so and we talk we talk teaching. about that. Yeah, with my dad, I'm like, Dad, you would have if you would have been a young pastor now, like you inevitably would have been on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. I just am so curious of what that would have looked like. But he didn't have those distractions, and he was and and I'm Instagram's not. I love Instagram. I'm not saying it's inherently bad. I just right. think it it can be a distraction, and yeah. so he just kind of head down like 
stayed faithful and, um, you know, didn't have some ginormous church, Mm. you know, and I'm sure if you have that personality where it's like, I feel like I I have the ability, you know, even more than writing, he's, he's dynamic on space on stage. He's one of the most engaging communicators on stage, I think. And, um, so what he did though, is he, he, when he felt like he got the illumination for the love and respect message, um, he like called my mom and he's like, look, 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 I think I'm seeing something that I've never seen before. And so they started workshopping it. They would take mm-hmm. small groups over and over and over and they would, you know, meet with people and see, does this land? And then if it wasn't landing, he would refine it and communicate it better. And then just tell it was just so sharp, mm-hmm. then put together a book proposal and, you know, was going around to different publishers and got rejected by mm-hmm. several. Um, and it was finally a small publisher called integrity at the time, but it's now been acquired by Thomas Nelson or Harper Collins. But yeah, so we got rejected, then got the, the, the book deal finally, but because they had been going around doing from small groups to like small conferences, by the time his book came out, and this is before social media, mind mm-hmm. you, this is before launch campaigns, launch teams, whatever. In the first three months of his book coming out, because there had been a clamoring for like, this is working, mm-hmm. this resonates. And then he put it out. 100,000 copies of his book sold in the first three months. Just FYI, guys, that's <laughs> like hitting triple platinum. It's like Taylor Swift's yeah. first song. Like just for yeah. those of you who don't understand books or book numbers, like that is insane. Which also to encourage people because they're like, how, you know, for people who want to hit the New York Times bestsellers mm-hmm. list, let me tell you, he did not hit it in that, like from a number standpoint, he should have hit it right there. But like they have a whole, they choose who they want to be on their list. Numbers is a factor, but like he didn't hit the New York Times bestseller list until years, years mm-hmm. later that they somehow decided yeah, I, it's a it very enough. complicated algorithm too. Like it's in yeah. addition to, it's like not just numbers. It's all this other stuff that people try to yeah. game the system and all that. Um, but I I mean, back to the, the heart of the matter though, is like now we're saying, and guys, we're not saying that every single one of us is going to have this journey, but this yeah. is one journey that is really impactful. Let's talk about this one journey. Your dad, young age, already started to know this content, waited 25 years, got a PhD, faithful to his family, faithful mm-hmm. to his marriage, workshopped it, like realize like we're talking about a whole life here around yeah. one message. Now, some of you guys might have like a lot of messages yeah. that you're giving out through your life, or you may have one place that um, sometimes books are stepping stones. Sometimes writing is a stepping stone yeah. where you begin to write and then you recognize, wow, I am really passionate. Like I am very passionate about advocating for whatever that thing may be, foster yeah. care, whatever. And you end up with a job or a career that takes you that way. That's not a loss. Like that's a win yeah. too. Because yeah. to me, writing is a process that has lots of paths that it can take you down. Yeah. Well, and even outside of writing for, especially for your younger listeners, like I, I didn't insert is post uh, <laughs> post Bob Barker pre graduation <laughs> somewhere in that gap that we haven't yeah. talked about yet. I took a uh, a reconciliation and conflict resolution class in my communication studies mm-hmm. that just like blew my mind, changed my life. I did a semester abroad in um, Southern Africa, but specifically so that I could go. I had an internship at the Archdiocese that that launched the Truth and Reconciliation convention after apartheid in South Africa. Like I was like, this is what I'm doing Uh in my life. Then 
this is embarrassing, but I just want to tell you, like your journey goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about like changing the world. And then I babysat for some family I'd never babysat for in Santa Barbara, this like wealthy family. And the dad, I think he wanted to be like a motivational speaker or something. And he's waiting for his wife to finish getting ready. And so he's like, what do you want to do with your life? Well, I want to do truth reconciliation and help people, you know, get over there, you know? And uh, he's like, are you really passionate about that? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what else are you passionate about? And I was like, fashion. <laughs> I don't know what he did or how, I mean, he was like, he was like Tony Robbins in me. And, uh, I, that night I went home and I applied to fashion school in LA and I got accepted to, um, fit him down in LA. And that's what I, that's why I moved to LA after college. I thought that's what I was going to do. Wow. And that's a whole nother story of, how I and we're going to have joy, joy, the unwritten chapters. We'll have like the, the in between, the middle years. <laughs> yeah, the middle It'll years. be like a series. <laughs> Chapter one, Bob Barker. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say the perv, Bob Barker, yeah, the, the perv. perv. Chapter two. I know. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. We don't, we can't get to that chapter today, but yeah. Yeah. So, so your My point, point is, is you said, going. yeah, you were like, your passion, you know, right. something about following your passion. Yep. And it's like, if you have an idea in your head, because then you said you might have a bunch of different things or might lead to something else. If you have something in your head that you're currently today passionate about, it may not be your life's yes. message in the same way my dad's is, but going through my book is something that will help you figure out, is this an entire book? Maybe it's just a really long Instagram post. Yeah. Maybe it's something that actually will, the process of going through these prompts and making you think and make you articulate, you have to do the work. You can't just sit down and write a book. No. The other thing is, even if you are going to self-publish, I know it says get to the publishing punchline. It's not just traditional publishing like HarperCollins or, or whatever you might, you know, you might, your whole life, you might've wanted to, you know, have the little penguin on the binding of mm -hmm. your book. Um, but if you are self-publishing, the process of writing a book proposal, and for those of you who aren't familiar, to get a book deal traditionally, you have to have a book proposal. Nicole, you've done this many times, you know, but it's this whole, it's basically like an entire pitch deck of like- It's like a business plan. Like yes. this business is the message plan. and this is how I'm going to sell it. That's always what I say to people. I said, do you want me to be really frank with you? Really frank. This yeah. is the message. This is how I am going to sell it. That's yes. like basically what a book proposal is. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's really refining for you. And so I tell people, mm -hmm. even if you think maybe you're going to self-publish, you should go through the book proposal Absolutely. process because it will make the writing process so much easier. I have so many authors that say doing the book proposal was actually harder than writing the book. And I say, the reason you say that is because you worked so hard on your book proposal and getting the skeleton, so to speak, yep. of your book, that then when you sat down to write, you could reference back, oh, this is my thesis statement. This is my second chapter. This is my audience. Yep. And you have an idea of who you're writing to, what you're trying to say, and, and, and all of that. So it really is a, it's a formational process, even if it doesn't turn into a book or a traditionally published book. Um, it's a, it's a communication tool to refine that thing that, as you said, people are coming to you and going, I, I really have, I have this passion. I have this message. Okay. Well, let's, let's try to get it out of you and communicate it clearly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's it just, your book is just the absolute right next step. Like it's just a great first step and guys, it's okay if you get through it and you're like, Oh, it turns out I don't want to write a book. That's fine. Joy went to fashion school. I mean, that's <laughs> cool. I want you guys to know when people ask me like, where did you learn to be a communicator? I'm like, um, I was in full-time fitness for like 10 years. I was a really, really that. good 
group exercise instructor. And let me tell you, and these, especially guys, because I'm usually I'm around a lot of guys, they kind of look at me like their eyes cross a little bit. And I'm like, I'm sorry, y'all, you should have tried it. It works. Listen, I know how to help people move from point A to point B. That's what I love to do. So we all have these winding paths. And also you can move around on stage really fast without sounding winded. I can. Yeah. And I love wearing a headset mic. Like it's very comfortable for me. I'm very used to it. When I tell people I used to teach water aerobics to seniors, like on the pool deck, in my bathing suit, headset mic, love and life, just love and life. Just trying to get some ladies to tread water and not get their hair wet. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I like the ability to communicate to a lot of different audiences. My point do I have a point? My point is, it's it is a, a winding path. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's okay if you go down this path with Joy through her book and you realize, oh, maybe this isn't what I want to do. That's okay. God's got a plan for you. It's going to lead you to another place. It's a stepping yes. stone in the right direction. And so don't hold back because you're insecure, because you're not confident, because you don't think you have something to say. Just enter into the process. It's going to be good for you no matter what. That's like what I like to say to people. It's like, just start. You're going to learn something good about yourself. It really is going to help. And yeah. we need as many, and this is why I know you do your work too, Joy. We need as many great deep, faithful, meaningful communicators as we can, as we can get like in this instant gratification world. So if that's you, if that's who you want to be, pick up Joy's book. It's going to help you a lot. Thank you. Well, I just want to add one thing to that is that, you know, I don't, in my book, I have a bunch of, hmm, I'm going to (laughs) say dark illustrations. I, not all, they're (laughs) funny. But I have one that's really dark, which is me. I had my friend Kristen draw me as a character, and it's me in a coffin. That's the dark one. Okay. Um, because I feel like you and I approach a lot of things the same way. It's like, it's just like, is there a world in which, and that's what I say to the reader, because I try to write the book in a way that like we feel like we're having a conversation, right. how I would how I converse with my authors that I work with, is like, is there a world in which you would be on your deathbed someday and regret having tried getting this out on the yeah. page? And so it will, it's like, I think it's easier to talk about the book that you Mm -hmm. want to write. There's a lot of people that talk about the book they want to write. And I just want to challenge you. If you've talked about that, just give it a try. It's time. If you've talked about it, less talking, more writing. Yes. Less time out there with your friends talking about it, more time with your butt in the chair. to do it. Trying it because it's hard. But (laughs) it's possible and it's good and we need you. That's like my whole thing is like, let's do it. I'm working with a friend right now and I'm like, I am not going to tell you how to improve your writing until you tell me what you are trying to say. There's, there, you have to get it out. And then once you get it out, then you can start moving forward. So, and don't see, don't see that if you get to the end of the book and you're like, this is, I'm not going to write this book anymore as a a failure. See it as exactly what you said. It's one step towards. Truth and reconciliation and then fashion and then I mean group exercise, spinning classes, water aerobics, like we're all getting somewhere, you know. You you and Beth Moore, you know, she she was an aerobics instructor too. Maybe there's something there. Let me go on record to say one day, Beth Moore, I hope we meet in the flesh, in person, on earth. May it be so Jesus. Okay. Um Last question. I will, I will attend your joint jazzercise Please, class. can you? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> we'll like put together like a synchro, like routine together. And we'll mix in Bible verses. Um, okay, so last question, because I love to ask all our guests, just bringing up super light. What is like a product, an app that's changing your life right now? Like something that you're like, I'm obsessed with this thing. I will tell you, I know right off the top of my head. See? Speechify. What, Speechify. Let me tell it? you about it. I actually contacted one of my other agent friends today to be like, you got to get this. So <laughs> I, I joke in my book that I'm a literary agent that doesn't read. 
I do read, but like I, at the end of the day, if I held up a book, I would fall asleep. I want to, I love film. I love series. Like I love TV because uh-huh. I like the soundtrack that goes with it, all those things. But I also do like books. And so audiobooks are like a great thing mm-hmm. for me. However, I want to read my author's books that have not been published and put into audiobook form. Right. And so Speechify is this thing where you can drop any document into it and someone, not like a computer voice, someone will read it to you. And here's the greatest part. It's free. No, it's not. It actually is. There is a free, there is a free version that is the beta weird, like, hello, my name is, (laughs) but then I paid for it because this is, I have so many books that I need to read. And one of the beta voices Uh for the premium, which I paid for is Gwyneth Paltrow's voice. Now, if you haven't listened to a book read by Gwyneth Paltrow and then read an acknowledgement of you, like an author saying, shout out to my agent, Joy Egger-Treat, in Gwyneth Paltrow's voice, <laughs> like, it was, I mean, I was, it was awesome. So You're like, you I are love. welcome, Gwyneth. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. Yeah. Speechify, that is super cool. Especially, I was just thinking, I'm like, oh man, I've been traveling a lot for business. I'm on the road a lot. So yeah. like being able to like hear the things I need to like process through um, oh, audio is awesome. Want it as like for your emails, for like anything can just be read to you by Gwyneth. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't, I'm like stunned on how that actually happens, but that's a whole nother podcast. Okay, yeah, I know. you guys, thanks for tuning in. Love being here. All the stuff you need is in the show notes. You can find Joy on Instagram. Um, she's super funny on Instagram. So if, if you hear nothing else today, go follow Joy on Instagram. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Be Real podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to me at Nicole at NicoleUnis.com. And hey, if you're enjoying this, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, share it with your friends, pass it on, shout it from the rooftops, whatever you feel like doing, because the reality is let's get as many people getting real as possible. Talk to you soon.